Today's guest is David, the CEO of the Indonesia-based research platform, Republic Rupia. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's a pleasure having you with us. So let's start by introducing uh, Republic Rupia. Can you tell us a little bit of what you do? How did you get started? Sure thing. So Republic Rupia is an Indonesian research platform and community. And so I help lead one of the biggest community out here uh, based on YouTube and Discord and a couple of other social medias. We are pretty much in about 140K subs almost. And then we have an 11K of members active. And so we help investors understand and navigate the world of crypto through research and we give them access to tools, we give them insights, we give them opportunity alerts, and it is all pretty much providing the opportunity that is available out there globally uh, that has been limited because of language barrier. And so that's pretty much where Republic Rupia comes in. Well, 140K subs on on, uh, YouTube is very impressive. Um, How fast are, are you growing? It was roughly about uh, 18 months or so, more or less, that we once we, uh, since we started the YouTube channel, that we have grown this quick. And so it was definitely um, impressive for us to be able to see all of the support coming from the community. Yeah, so uh, can you tell us uh, more about uh, your community? Like, uh, what are... What are you focused on? On just uh, coins or DeFi or NFTs? Like, what 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 do people uh, come to you for? So we started with a general idea about what crypto and blockchain is. We want people to be able to understand the basic of what this is all about. And then once we covered all of the basis about the fundamentals, then we start moving on into how to invest, into how to do research. And so we pretty much want people to be independent in their own investment decisions. Uh, And we focus uh, mainly on fundamentals, which is what we think is uh, helpful for people to be able to understand what to buy and what to avoid. And so we focus mainly on uh, a lot of different metrics. Uh, We focus on market cap. We focus on adoption. We talk a lot about utilities. And so we want people to be able to understand that whatever assets that they are buying in is assets that most likely would be adopted globally because that's how they would be able to benefit uh, socially and also economically. And so we have an active discussion all around social media. We have people talking back and forward, uh, all sharing about opportunities, whether that be from DeFi whether that be from NFT. And so we cover pretty much all across the social, uh, all across the crypto space. And we always focus mainly on fundamentals. That's great. So uh, can you tell us, uh, for anybody that doesn't know the the Indonesian, uh, uh, you know, crypto market, um, what was the, the crypto education and crypto um you know, uh, crypto news and, and you know, general uh, crypto knowledge before that, like before you came in? All right. That's definitely a good question because we saw that 
uh, it was about 2019 when the government was actually uh, approved a couple of different crypto assets to be formally and legally uh, traded in Indonesia. And so mostly at that time, it was just news that are coming from all of the big media companies in Indonesia when Bitcoin was actually reaching uh, its all-time high in the previous cycle and then everyone was talking about it. And so it was all across the big media companies. But then after then, when Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market dove down uh, with the bear market, people were started uh, starting to lose a little bit of interest. And so we saw some of the uh, media companies that were talking about crypto stop talking about it. And so we uh, saw a couple of different names that are emerging from it. We saw a lot of different communities. And then it was all literally just a smaller community at that time that was able to access all of this information. Uh, and then once we come in, we were able to kind of speed up about the how they can catch up about all of the knowledge that they're missing out on since the bear market, because people tend to just forget about the market when bear market happens. And so we just want people to be able to understand that, hey, there is this opportunity still. And so uh, now at the moment, we have about more than a dozens of crypto exchanges. We have a couple of different derivative markets in Indonesia locally, and we have about 229 of crypto assets that are uh, legally uh, approved by the governments. And so that's how everything was uh, coming across since that bear market that happened in the previous cycle. Yeah, that's common for mainstream media, you know, to to, to jump in when uh, you know when 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 you're at an all-time high and then immediately, um, you know, drop all interest later. So it, it, it's definitely good to have, you know, uh, strong local vo voices for people that you know uh, are interested in the technology, you know, and staying with it when times are a little bit more hard, you know. Yeah, so uh, can you tell us in general, if you know, it sounds like, um, you know, the industry is pretty, pretty big uh, in Indonesia. But what about the, the, you know, the community? Like, what's your estimation? Like, how many people in total are interested in crypto and, you know, not necessarily trading, but, you know, part of the, the you know, the larger community, like people that that are interested or, or, or support it? Sure thing. And so what's interesting is that we actually have more crypto investors than stock investors, according to uh, the latest report from Indonesia. And so yeah. it is one of them among the highest adopted uh, asset, investment asset. It's one of the larger and fastest one. And so we see that because of this, uh, a lot of coins are getting attention. And so all of the stock investors that were previously uh, just traditional, you know, people who are coming into the market with all of these fundamentals. And then they saw with crypto, with all of the few hundreds coins and even like tens of thousands coming in from different exchanges, they started to invest into crypto, not knowing what the fundamental is about. And so we have double than the, than the stock investors here in Indonesia. And some of, well, I suggest we can say most of them are interested in a quick buck of actually investing into crypto. And so we have a lot of investors who are coming in uh, not knowing about the utilities, about fundamentals. And so they 
would invest in all of these low cap, lower market cap coins. And so if we are looking from the perspective of investments, it is actually growing quite huge because since the pandemic, people weren't able to go out and people weren't able to be able to interact physically. And so a lot of merchants are limiting cash involvements. And so we started using e-wallets. And from that on, all of the people who were on bank previously were able to just give their cash into the nearest market, whether that is Indomaret or Alphamaret. And that's just like a mini mart here in Indonesia. They can just give their cash who might uh, that might be was under the pillow and then they just give it to them to be able to be converted into their e-wallet. And now everyone is digitally uh, transacting here in Indonesia. And so definitely the pandemic, well, it has been unfortunate for the people, but at the same time, it has improved all of the digital space uh, involvement in Indonesia. Got to say, that's very interesting. Can you tell us, um, you know, again, just your estimation, like how many unbanked uh, people are there in, in Indonesia? I know it's a, it's a huge country with, you know, over 270 million people. <laughs> so if you can just give us some, some context about, you know, how many people, um, you, you know, uh, are, are taking advantage of this, this new technology now. Yeah, I don't have the exact number, but last time I was checking on the number, it was shy of half of the population uh, were unbanked. And so it was quite a big potential for uh, all of these industries to come in and to provide that finance opportunity to them. Well, yeah, that, that, that's a huge number. So definitely I, I can see how uh, crypto assets will, will become, uh, you know, double the amount of traders than, than on stock market in, in such a situation. Um, but do you think um, that these people are going to stay? Again, this is just a, a, an estimation, like from the way you see the market. Do you think these people are going to stay with uh, crypto assets as a technology after they'll see that, you know, uh, it's not always just... Um, you know, just going up. Yeah, so I actually was just reading about a survey uh, earlier this year. It was from 2021. And so just a recapping of what happened in Indonesia in 2021. And what was interesting is that in the survey, one of the biggest exchanges in Indonesia uh, interviewed about uh, tens and thousands of people just from the participation asking whether they would be buying Bitcoin in the next 12 months or not. And so it was kind of interesting question trying to find whether people would stick around or whether people would just try to find a quick buck. And now that we are in a bear market, they were all uh, just going to leave. And the answers to that were actually more than half of the uh, people who participated in the survey uh, answered that they do want to keep buying Bitcoin in the next 12 months or so. And so we could see that just from the rough numbers of people who are unbanked, people who aren't uh, exposed to the crypto yet, uh, from this survey, we can see more potential adoption in Indonesia. We can see people keep buying crypto. And that's why we want to focus on fundamentals in Republic Rupiah, because we want people to understand that there are still opportunities 
and that during this bear market, we should just focus on learning and focus on finding uh, the good coins and trying to be able to uh, get early on it and ride the market. Yeah, that's that 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 sounds very good. Uh, I I mean that that can have like long lasting effects on the economy if if uh, you know half the people that came in you know trying to ride the wave are gonna stay uh, long term. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so in your um, you know like the people that you see that join your community that that come to get uh, educated from by you, do you find them to be um you know what what's what's the demographics do you find it's mostly unbanked or is it mostly people that are uh day traders is it young people more uh middle class or you know what's what type of people do, do you see uh dominate the, the the market so if we're talking about uh demographics we haven't uh properly uh done analytics in terms of from the perspective of whether they are being unbanked or not. But we could see from experiences in the community, whenever we give them tutorials about DeFi, whether we give them tutorials about uh, how to transfer, how to hold, how to buy and sell crypto, that some of these people uh, weren't able to do so easily because of not having debit card or credit card. And so some people are struggling to be able to do so, they would have to go around from friends or families who has uh, bank access to be able to do so. But at the same time, we also have quite a lot of people who are financially literate. We have people who has all of these different access of financial services in Indonesia, and they could just top up their e-wallet or top up their debit card, credit card, and they can just go on different exchanges to transact different crypto assets. And so uh, if we're talking about numbers, I do not have the exact number, whether that be more on the unbanked side or not, but we do have quite a diverse community here in Republic Ropia, seeing a lot of different experiences. Interesting. And I wonder how that, how does the, the central banks, the regulators, the government, how do they see this uh, development? Are they... Um, you know, are they excited for the opportunities to, to help uh, unbanked people or are they more, um, you know, timid about the, the possibility of, uh, you know, people losing money on, on uh, crypto investments? We do have both forces coming from the government. We do have uh, some policies who might be uh, trying to limit the potential that we have here in crypto and blockchain. But we also do have some good signs from the government itself embracing the growth of crypto industry. And so uh, it was, I think, about in 2018 when the Ministry of Trade of Indonesia was legalizing the trade of Bitcoin. And then since then, we do have the 229 crypto assets that I mentioned in the beginning that is now trading as a commodity in Indonesia and now we have uh, a couple of other policies and regulations as well along the side of how crypto exchanges should operate and what kinds of criteria that they have to fill in to be able to legally provide this opportunity to Indonesian 
And we also have a couple of different uh, scenarios coming in from the policymakers as well, trying to uh, provide more services and integrate more of the blockchain technology itself across Indonesia. And so we do have both forces, uh, but at the moment, we are seeing more of good sign from the Indonesian government trying to embrace the growth of crypto industry in Indonesia. That sounds very good. I mean, compared to, I wouldn't say most places in the world, but a lot of, uh, let's say, the more loud places in the world, that sounds um, that sounds very good. You know, uh, sounds supportive, at least mm-hmm. in part. Yeah. So I, I wondered the fact that it's uh, traded as commodities, what are the, like, the tax um, implications of that in, uh, in Indonesia? Um, did, are, are, are crypto traders taxed like stock traders or, or, uh, or you know, because uh, in many countries, for example, uh, currency traders are not taxed. So how, how does that work? Uh, it was only starting this the beginning of this month that we got uh, taxation on crypto transactions and investments. And so it was starting from May the 1st when the Indonesian government was starting to taxing capital gains income. So that, that, that will be where the taxation comes from. Uh, it is taxing the capital gains income from crypto trading, and it comes down at 0.1%, which... Uh, quite small compared to like India's 30% tax on crypto income. But at the same time, we have some Indonesians who are complaining about the taxation, but I guess this just provides more clarity that it is a legitimate class of investment. Yeah, 0.1% sounds, uh, I I think most people listening to this would be... uh... would be clamoring if they can get such a such a tax rate <laughs> um yeah so um yeah that's that's very interesting so uh, how how does the government uh, explain that like they do they see it as a potential new revenue source uh, are they um you know are they excited about it like as a as a way to to you know to get additional funding or or do they see it as a because a lot of places like like you mentioned india like when you a 30 percent tax that sounds like you're trying to you know um put out the fire shall we say you know what i mean so 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 how how do you think uh what's the purpose of of the tax the new tax that started that's an interesting question because i haven't uh trying to think and see it from the perspective of the government itself. But we do have quite a bit of adoption here in terms of the technology. And so I guess perhaps uh, that would come down from all of these big players in Indonesia wanting more clarity so they can provide services and opportunities to the people in Indonesia. And the governments were just uh, being open-minded, wanting to accept it. Perhaps that could be one of the reason, but it could also be uh, a potential of additional revenues coming in as we know that the whole world is experiencing this global pandemic the last couple of years. And so that could also be another reason. But uh, if you were about to ask me about the exact reasoning, <laughs> I do. I haven't thought about it that way from their perspective. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it sounds like they're 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 um, you know responding to the to the industry, especially at you know such a such a low uh, rate. Um, so what can you tell us about the, the industry itself? Like the biggest players, like in the exchange market, are they, um, you know, the big global exchanges that, that operate or, or are they, uh, local exchanges? And so we have about more than a dozen of Indonesian crypto exchanges now. And the biggest one that we have here in Indonesia is actually a locally owned one. And so it's not a global exchange that are branching out to Indonesia. But we do have a couple of global exchanges from like England and all of these other different countries who are now having their branches of operation here in Indonesia as well. But among the about 14, if I remember correctly, among the 14 crypto exchanges that are now trading, the biggest one are still the locally owned one. That's very interesting. Yeah, because in many countries, I would say, um, you know, obviously Binance, uh, you know, is is leading uh, mm-hmm. across the board. But but um, yeah, I mean, if if there's such a, it sounds like there's a s- supportive uh, environment there. So um, must be great for local businesses to pop up. Yeah, definitely. Are there any uh, Indonesian? Uh, crypto projects that people outside uh, the country um, might know about? Sorry, can you uh, pardon me? Are there there any uh, local, um, you know, Indonesian uh, crypto companies or or blockchain projects that came out of Indonesia that uh, people, uh, you know, outside the country might be aware of? So if we're talking about uh, local projects that global audience are aware about, it's actually quite uh, hard to know because we have uh, we do have a lot of locally grown projects who are just like coming and goes, and and so all of these uh, locally projects one are not usually marketed uh, globally. Uh, but then if we see from the perspective of specific sectors, for example, whether that be NFT or gamings, there are a couple guilds that are uh, getting marketed towards globally that is being born from Republic Rupia. And so one of it is being uh, chain loads. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us uh, more about that? What, what does it offer? Um, you know, if you can explain about anyone that doesn't know about uh, guilds, uh, how, how do they work? Yeah, for sure. And so guild is pretty much a term that comes from uh, gaming itself. And so if any of us listening here are gaming native, it's just an organization where a lot of different gamers are gathered together and they share resources and they compete with each other and they play with each other. And so Chainloads pretty much offer the opportunity to share NFT resources and a lot of different digital crypto assets. And it is born from Indonesia community, and they are now playing a couple of different games and trying to uh, collect all of those revenues and distributing it around. And it's pretty much all community-owned and trying to become a decentralized autonomous organization. 
Very interesting. Can you tell us what are the most popular uh, play-to-earn games in Indonesia, or you know, at least the ones that you're that you're aware of? Yeah, for sure. And so, if we're talking about play-to-earn, Indonesian people is actually quite have a short span of attention, and so they usually tend to change games pretty quick. Uh, but if we're talking about all of the successful ones, it would be mostly Axie Infinity. Axie mm-hmm. Infinity would be the mostly adopted one here in Indonesia. And then we do have a couple of different titles, but it changes every so often depending on the attention really from the Indonesian people. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know what's the, you know, the situation in, in Indonesia specifically, but, you know, there were a lot of reports, um, you know, a couple, a couple of months ago when, you know, it was at its height that, that people were, um, you know, in, in, uh, in Southeast Asia were um, basically working right or entrepreneurs in 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 axie infinity like um spend the whole day um you know grinding and earning on 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 the game is that something that 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 you saw yeah definitely uh that is true for a lot of different countries in southeast asia and also specifically in indonesia so there are a couple of audiences and members in our communities who have experienced life uh changing um uh experience as well from just playing x infinity and yeah that just goes to show the potential it has to reach out to all of these different emerging countries well that's amazing you know i i don't think that if you'd ask me even two years ago um you know if, if this is the development that's gonna come but now of course uh gamify is is you know one of the strongest um um you know branches of of the of the crypto industry um so i i wonder do, do you like do you see a uh um you know a similarity between traders and players like um are are they the same people trying to to you know to you know to basically to earn money or is it um you know, like people that were gamers that go into GameFi, or how how do you see the people? Is is it the same group of people, or is it two separate uh, uh, demographics? I would say some of the people are crypto native who wanted additional ways to earn their money uh, outside of actual trading and actual DeFi activities. That is one group. And then we also have traditional gamers because esports has been a thing for uh, multiple years now where people can actually earn money just playing game. Uh, so we have a couple of traditional gamers as well who are coming to the crypto space, not knowing what Bitcoin was, what Ethereum was, but just hearing about all of these play to earn games. And so those are probably the two biggest uh, communities, the two biggest groups that we could see here from Republic Group, yeah, traditional gamers who are getting introduced to the crypto space because of play to earn, and also crypto native people who are wanting to earn additional money outside of DeFi and outside of um, just doing mere transactions and trading. And have you produced any uh, educational content for uh, gamers like, uh, 
um, you know, how to 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 open a wallet and 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 get the NFTs and start um, playing like uh, like stuff like that. So we do share basic educations about our crypto wallets, about how to uh, make their accounts, how to sign up. And so all of these are available in Republic Rupiah platform. But if we're talking about specific and play to earn games, uh, we do have a lot of, we have, we have a couple of different uh, guilds in Indonesia, including chain loads that I mentioned earlier that will be providing uh, more education specifically on play to earn games. And so in Republic Rupiah itself, we are focusing more on the crypto native side of things where people can learn how to integrate their MetaMask to the game, how they can actually withdraw their money from Axie Infinity. And so all of that is already available in Republic Rupia platform. But we do have a couple of gaming guilds emerging from Indonesia who will be providing more education uh, on the play-to-earn side of things. And how did you see uh, interest uh, remains or, or wanes right now with the, you know, the, the bear market. Um, is that something that affected uh, the allure of, of uh, you know, play to earn games? Generally speaking, uh, in terms of bear market, whenever we try to compare analytics from our side, uh, it definitely has affected our audiences. People tend to lose their attention whenever the market crashes or correcting down. Uh, it happened last year when uh, Tesla was not accepting Bitcoin anymore. And then we saw all of that crashes uh, down from May highs. And then we also saw it uh, ending towards the end of 2021, just last year, where we have been pretty much correcting down for a few months now. And so it does affect our audiences in wanting to learn and wanting to understand what this all industry is about. And so that is from the perspective of our analytics here in uh, the community. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, the, the public and uh, even the media response to, um, you know, the crash in Indonesia? And like, are, are people talking about Luna, for example? Is there any um you know our our mainstream media are trying to to get into that uh space or or they're just dropping it and they don't care anymore Terra Luna definitely made headlines on all of these big media companies throughout Indonesia and so we were able to see uh some of the medias who weren't actually interested at all in uh crypto contents were actually putting Terra Luna as their headlines and so it definitely made a, uh, you know, made a scene here in Indonesia as well, where people who were trying to just make crypto obsolete were happy and dancing on the graves, just trying to tell people that, hey, this is all not going anywhere and crypto and Bitcoin is dead again. It's all just cracking down and it's all going to zero. It's all just a bubble. And so we do have uh, people who are coming from that perspective. but. There are more uh, enthusiasts as well coming out from the community and coming out from different platforms, really, and different social medias trying to explain about the 
tragedy that happened with Terra Luna and trying to explain that crypto is more than just all of these tens and thousands of different crypto assets, that it has more potential if being done properly. And so we do have both forces here in Indonesia at the moment. Uh, the one that is trying to uh, make crypto obsolete, trying to make it that it was not going to uh, be adopted any bigger. And we do have the other side of the forces trying to make people understand that, hey, this is not the end of the crypto market and that we are all going to come back up again as soon as people understand the fundamental and as soon as the market recovers and as soon as the global situation allows us to have more funds invested into the market. Yeah, it sounds like the community is, uh, you know, al already too big to be uh, scared off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I wonder, can you tell us what else, um, you know, somebody from the outside that doesn't know Indonesia that, you know, we need to know about the Indonesian market, the crypto market? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for anyone who might not be familiar, Indonesia is the world's largest uh, archipelagic and world's fourth most populous country. And so if we're talking about population-wise, we do have 269 million people. And so it is quite a huge market that we have here. And in terms of the adoption, all of the, uh, I should say, millennials mostly, and all of the younger generations are more interested in digital adoption, whether that be uh, smartphones, whether that be internet. And now that we do have crypto asset and blockchain, it is one of the biggest opportunities uh, in terms of market-wise. And so we have many of the populations, about shy of half, I, I suggest, is unbanked, but all of the e-wallet users are growing and it has doubled last year. And so we do have all of these interests, all of these people wanting to learn. And definitely with uh, 270 million people trying to come into the market and trying to invest and trying to learn what's going on with everything, really, it makes us more uh, optimistic about the future of this market, that there are, there are people and there are talents and that there are funds coming into the market. And so that's pretty much Indonesia. It's a beautiful country. It's diverse. Uh, it is 80% uh, Muslim by religion, but at the same time, it has all of these different cultures trying to understand and going to the same thing. We do have the same vision. We want Indonesia to become one of the proponent players globally. And so I hope with all of the clarity and regulations that is more open-minded and that is more embracing to the innovation, we could see Indonesia play a big role in the next year, in the next uh, few years or so. It definitely sounds that you have all the, the ingredients needed, you know, a, a huge young population that's, uh, you know, digitally savvy and, and you know, very interested in, in crypto and, you know, um, a large unbanked community that can, you know, leapfrog instead of going into banks, just going into, you know, self-custody and, and blockchain assets. So it sounds like uh, a lot more focus 
needs to be to given to, to the country, honestly, from from uh, you know the, the the wider industry and and uh, global players. It sounds like a very promising place. That's right. I would agree. Yeah. Okay, David. So I I think we learned a lot today. Uh, where can our audience go to uh, keep up with your work? So you can find us on the website, republicropia.com. And then from then on, you can see all of the different social medias that we have, uh, including YouTube, Discord, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Telegram. And so we're pretty much across all social media platforms. And as soon as you go to republicropia.com, you could see all of the uh, social medias included as well. And that's the same with uh, chainlords.io that is, uh, has all of the social media, if any of the audiences were interested in terms of the gaming guilds that we mentioned earlier. That's great. So I, I want to thank you so much, David, for taking the time and you know sharing your knowledge about uh, you know the Indonesian crypto market. Thank you very much, David. No worries. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. And thank you for listening to the Bitcoin.com news podcast. Follow us for more interviews with the most interesting leaders, founders, and investors in the fields of cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and the metaverse.